Oh God, for your great goodness and mercy, O oh Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for the songs that we've heard. We thank you for the testimonies that we've heard, Lord God. We thank you for the presence that we feel in this place. We thank you, Lord God, for your great goodness. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us, Lord God, to come into your sanctuary today, Lord, to hear your word, Lord. Lord, we're asking you, Lord God, to do something great, Lord. Do something wonderful in, in the heart of a believer right now. Loose them, Lord God. Give them hope, Lord God. Build restoration in their families, Lord God. Touch them and help them, Lord. Send healing, Lord God, in the sanctuary, Lord. Remember those that need the Holy Ghost, Lord God. We're asking you, Lord God, to move through the sanctuary, Lord God. Rest upon them, Lord God, and inside, Lord God. Fill them, oh God, to overflowing, Lord. Nothing is too hard for you. That's our expectation, Lord God. We're not surprised. It's what's supposed to happen, Lord. We believe, oh God, you're going to do something great, Lord. Touch the heart and mind of every believer, Lord God, from this time forward, Lord God, that something would change in their life, Lord. Don't let them walk out those doors, oh Lord God, the same. Let them come to a personal conviction with you, Lord God, that they would change, Lord God, for you want to help them and save them. Lord, now use these lips of clay, Lord. Oh, God, use me for your honor and your glory, Lord God. You would get the glory, Lord Shama. Oh, Lord God, touch, Lord God. Cover us with your precious blood, oh God. Blot out every distraction. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. The blood of Jesus Christ be against you. Lord, we thank you for all things. We thank you for your good and your great. Let everyone say, thank you, Jesus. Give him the praise and say, hallelujah. Clap your hands and say, hallelujah. Clap your hands and say, hallelujah. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. You may be seated, but you can keep on clapping. Keep on clapping and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. The Lord will bless you as you bless him. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ for today. I think give honor to him, my, my Lord and Savior. And I thank the Lord for this day. I thank the Lord this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank the Lord for our pastor. I thank the Lord for all the elders. I thank the Lord for Elder Geddes uh, in his absence. We were praying for him and his family while they're gone. I thank the Lord for all the things he's doing. I'm giving honor to um, the mothers, Mother Geddes, all the, the trustees, the deacons. Giving honor to my wife and my two children. I thank the Lord for also uh, um, celebrating a, uh, a milestone in, in our family. Uh, we just celebrated 15 years of marriage on Wednesday. So I thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for my family and my children. And I will, I will say, I will say um, this, that, that the 15 years that we've spent in marriage, if, if I was in the world, I would probably be divorced because the upbringing that I had, my parents weren't divorced, but they, they, I don't know why they were together. You know, and so, you know, I understand the, the, the dedication and the commitment piece, but it's because of the teaching. It's because of the, um, the, the teaching and the exampleship of how we're supposed to do. And also it talks about 
that I'm supposed to love my wife like Christ loved the church, but I'm also also to pray for my family. And prayer is, 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 a, is paramount if you want to be saved. If you want to be saved as an individual, you, you have to pray. If you want to be in your marriage to be whole, you have to pray. And so I, I, I give that, the glory to Lord Jesus Christ. But I thank the Lord it doesn't have to be. Um, there's a lot of people just throwing up the towel out of church and in church. And, and uh, there's all kinds of excuses, but the bottom line is I'm not going to take anything for granted. I know who's keeping me. I know where the glory is. His glory is Jesus Christ, and I, I give him the glory. So you pray for us, um, and we're just trying to do the Lord's bidding, and uh, I just want to make it to heaven from here. So that's what I want, and I'm sure that's what you want as well. So let's turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 11. And we're not too far from the preacher on Friday night, and I told him so in the hallway. I said, that has been on my mind all week, and the Lord, he knew what was going on. He knows what was going on, and, and I, let me just say this. Um, the, the Lord knows us. The Lord knows every one of us. He knows who's in his church. He knows in between the pews. He knows what's in our hearts, and he knows every one of us. So let's, let's just, just pretend that, that, that God can really hear our prayer and understand us, and he can, he can see what's going on. So we don't have to put a charade up saying, well, you know, I'm just going to have a stone face, and this word's not going to touch me. But the Lord knows you. He knows us. He knows what we need. So that's why this word is coming. So let's just, let's just take the seatbelt off. Let's just relax for a while. Let's let the Lord speak to our hearts and minds and let us loose. Let him, let him just loose us from ourselves. Let him loose us from our problems and let him loose us from the situations that we think that he can't fix. How about that? Are we going to give the Lord a chance? Oh, we'll see. We'll see. But I'll tell you what, you can walk out of here delivered today. Turn with me to Luke, at, Luke chapter 11 and we'll begin reading at verse 5. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. And a friend of mine is in his journey, has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he said within him, shall, shall answer and say, trouble me not, for the door is now shut. My children are with me in bed, and I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, Yet because of importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if we ask a fish, will he give him a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And uh, one of the things that this is about is about importunity and about staying before the Lord in prayer. If we look at the beginning of this chapter, the Lord, the disciples were watching Jesus pray, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then he told them the Our Father prayer. But then he got into the importunity, which is about persevering and praying. And so they, they know that we, we have to realize that being in the church and knowing the Lord, that we just don't ask the Lord and we snap our fingers that things are just going to happen and fall in place. Things just don't work that way. They, they don't, there's no reality, and there's no relationship in that. 
And so over in Luke chapter 18, the first verse of the scripture says, men had always pray and not faint. Men are always pray and not faint. If we don't go through the opportunity, you're going to faint. We are living in a, in a time where, where people, everything must be instant. And we, we don't value prayer anymore. In Luke chapter 11, the Lord explains the parable of prayer and the persistence of staying in prayer. Prayer is the biggest weapons of our warfare we have as we journey this Christian journey, this Christian road. It is our destination to make heaven. That's why we're in the church. We're not here to please people. We're not here to, to, to see what other people are wearing. We're not here so we can gossip. We're here to be saved. We're here to prepare ourselves for the Lord coming. And we don't know when, when the Lord is going to come. We don't know where death is. But the bottom line is that we're going to keep on coming and, and, to, and, and learn about the Lord, and we're going to enjoy each other, and we're going to have fellowship, and we're going to sing songs, but we're getting ready for heaven. And you don't, have to, you don't have to be a scholar anymore. Matter of fact, the people down in Yale and, and Trinity and all like that, they don't even believe that there's a second coming. But we can see what's going on around the world. We can see what's going on in our society. We can see where these churches have basically, they're just psychological, psych, psychologists now. They're just going to give you a good word. There's no one opening a Bible right now. No one's talking to you about the, the importance of prayer. They're talking about something else. So you can tell there's no value to the word of God. They can't see the signs of the coming. They can't see the coming of the Lord. And we need to prepare ourselves because heaven is what? As our pastor said, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. So I want to be prepared. So I don't want to be caught unaware and be caught up all in the society that there's no, there's no um, value in prayer. This is, this is where you're going to say make it or break it. This is where your life is success as a Christian is make it or break it from this time forth. And if you're not doing it now, you can start today. Start your prayer life today. Start your, your building of the altar today. Everlasting life, that's what Jesus came for. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He said that. God said that. Jesus said it. It's in red letters in some Bibles. But it was Jesus telling us that he is going to give us everlasting life. Look at the destination. Look why we're going. Look to see what's happening. For the judgment must begin where? In the house of God. And where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? Where are they going to be? If we don't obey what we're supposed to do, they have no hope out there. Value where you are. Value the prayer the Lord has started in your life. From the beginning of our walk, it started with prayer. We were in our home. Someone was visiting us. Someone was talking to us on our job. But we were in the, in the recesses of our mind and our heart. We were in a place of, of our own privateness, praying, maybe at the steering wheel of our car, talking to the Lord. Lord, there's got to be a better way. Lord, there's got to be something that you can do for me. Send someone my way. Help me, Lord. I need help. And when maybe some, most people weren't asking for help or asking someone to, to, to the Lord send but we, he can hear our prayer. And it started out with that. So once we get into the church, all of a sudden, we have seen the model and how we go about, and I would say in this congregation, that, that prayer is part of the model that we, we develop and the importance of prayer. Our, our church is modeled as a praying, praying church. We have prayer on Mondays. We have prayer on Tuesdays and Thursdays for an hour. We have prayer on Wednesday before Bible study. We have prayer on Friday night before service. Am I right? Amen? Wake up. We have prayer on Sunday morning, right? We have prayer before service on Sunday night. 
So why not? Why not understand the engagement that the, what's put in front of us, it's not an exercise so that you can go on the treadmill and there's no benefit of it. It is designed so that we can get in touch with the Holy One. It is designed, it is designed that the Lord could connect with us. Because, see, the church was developed so people can be free from demons. People can be free from addiction. People can be free from alcohol, from, pomor- from pornography, from alcohol, from cigarettes, from drugs, from any drug. There's no drug that he can't deliver you from. He's there to heal the brokenhearted. But the Lord, it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer from the person who just received the Holy Ghost. Their prayer life is now just beginning. It starts with the person who's been in the church for 50 years. If, you're, if you've been in the church for all the time, you're, that, that, that prayer is just as important as it was to the person that was just beginning their, their walk. That prayer is just important. Every age group, no one, no one is exempt from prayer. The success for every believer is prayer. It starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. And it ends with prayer. Because your relationship with the Lord is the one who can hold you. He's got you in his hand. You stop praying you'll, and you'll, you'll find out that you're not what you think you are. See, we think we're keeping ourselves. We cannot keep ourselves. We can do nothing beyond ourselves. We, only he can do it. Yet it sounds so simple. But in these last days, it has caused the little to fall. It has caused the big and powerful preachers and pastors to stumble and fall and make a shipwreck of their lives and those around them. In the church out there, there's no real value of prayer. There's evangelicals. There's all kinds of people writing all kinds of books about prayer. But you know, they, they, they the testimony of this one one writer out there and he said well they they can't figure out how to get past 15 minutes in prayer and I said whoa what was that but they're writing books they're writing books and then you look down through the news and all these people that wrote these books in the late 70s and now are out there and they're denouncing their faith that they don't believe that there's a God they don't believe in anything like that they're a fraud and they're causing many to fall but they never had what we were supposed to have. They never had true salvation. That's why the, the Holy Ghost is important. That's why baptism in Jesus' name is important. That's why prayer is important. That's why I value prayer. When I came into the church, I was told to pray. In 1992, August 9th, I came into the church, I was told to pray. I was Catholic background, but I was told to pray, and I learned how to pray, and I valued pray, and the Lord gave me a schedule where I couldn't make church on Sunday mornings. I could make it Sunday night, but, but I, I was able to have off days where I would go to the church because I needed help from the Lord, and I prayed on my own. I didn't say I was perfect, but I, I, I learned to value relationship with the Lord, and that's what we need to do is value the relationship with the Lord. Listening to a testimony of this pastor down in Texas. He had a big church, and he's apostolic, apostolic. Now, I'm not talking about Methodist or, or, or Episcopalian. I'm talking about someone filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about someone who grew up in the church. And these two men, now they're in their late 50s. They, 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 they're both sat, they grew up in the church. They went to prayer meetings together. They went to uh, other meetings together. They, they, they prayed. They received the Holy Ghost. They, they, they grew up through high school and to college. And as the Lord 
built them up, they went their separate ways. And this, this one pastor went out and he was a superintendent of this place. And he run these large groups and he had this large congregation and had this church. And it was well known. And all of a sudden, because of moral failure and certain things, it collapsed. And he lost his family and has got divorced from his wife. But he was with the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. And so they had a camp meeting. And all of a sudden, the pastor, who was his friend, who's still a pastor, went over and saw him. And he's sitting on a pew. And, and he, this is a friend he knew for almost 30 something years. He said, What happened? And he looked at him and he said, I stopped praying. I stopped praying. You can allow this world to get you so on a cycle, so busy, so busy that you can't kneel down for prayer. It doesn't start off all at once. It starts off gradual to the point that you got it and you're praying in the car. There's no more kneeling down. There's no more sitting before the Lord to hear his voice. If someone who is filled with the Holy Ghost that can deliver demons, that can heal bodies, can stop praying and be humbled, how about us? Will we value prayer to the point of its value to our soul? I say it will. Prayer is, is the lifeline of Jesus Christ, our Savior. As well as our church attendance, it's very important. Why? Because the word of God is going to come from a day when it's for you, but you didn't come that day. Well, there's your word. The Lord sent the word. He's not going to send it again, but it came for you that day. That's why it's important to come to church, because you don't know when your word is going to come. Walking humbly before the Lord. That means when, you, you, when the Lord speaks to you, you do something about it. You don't ignore it and don't slough it off to somebody else. Brother, sister, mother, deacon, talk to you and say, listen, this is not the way we do it. We, we, do, it, we do it this way. And they do it in such a meek manner, in such a nice way, that they, you raise up and you can't hear it, receive it. But, but, but the bottom line is that's not being humble. That's being stubborn. Confessing our sins one to another. Confessing our sins to the Lord. Reading his word and hiding his word in our heart. Asking him to help us in everything. And hearing and obeying the preached word. Lord, just help me. Help me. Help me, Lord God, to love you more. Lord, I need you to help me to love you more with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. And help me to love thy neighbors, thyself. Those are prayers I pray every day. Lord, search me. Help me, Lord God, to love you more. Give me something more that I can love. In the body of Christ and in the local church assembly, the main reason for anger, and I'm not talking just to congregation here, but I'm talking in, in the body of Christ. The main reason for anger and dissatisfaction and disgruntled behavior and rebellion and stubbornness, pointing finger at God of the failures of, of, of why things are happening and what's happening and angry at God for, because of no lack of prayer. No persistence in prayer. Making excuses why we can't be used by God is lack of earnest on our part. The Lord has put in us, I told you, when he saved you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, he's put a gift in every one of you. You have a purpose. He hand-selected us and put us in the body of Christ as it pleased him. How many want to please the Lord? Then turn to your neighbor and say, don't faint. You don't have to faint. Turn to your other neighbor. You don't have to faint. 
You don't have to faint. You don't have to faint. You don't have to faint. We're not in here by accident. We're not in here by chance. We're not in here because, because uh, 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 someone invited me. We, we, when you are born into the church of Jesus Christ, when you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you are baptized into the body of Christ. No one can pull you out of his hand. And like I said before, we don't know where life is going to take us. We don't know where we'll be in 20 years. But the bottom line is we want to be in the body of Christ. And so wherever the Lord wants to move, that's where we're going to go. Lord, do you want to go over here? I'm going to go over here. You don't know where people need help. You can see the, the, the paraministries that we're using right now. And the people are using people if we would tell, give our testimony. If we would talk to people about the Lord. We have crowded out prayer. We have crowded out prayer. We have crowded out prayer. We have crowded it out. I want you to read something. We're not going to sing it. If you don't have a hymn book, turn to page 51. This is written in the 1700s, 1751, by a blind preacher. Hymn 51. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls, me, cause, that calls me from a world of care. It bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known in seasons of distress and grief. In seasons in distress and grief. Not forever, but in seasons. We are going through a season. If you're in a dry spell, it's a season. Engage in season distress. My soul often found relief in a sweet hour of prayer. Often escaped temptations and snares by the return of sweet hour of prayer. Your temptations and snares can be extinguished by sweet hour of prayer. Going before the Lord, what he's given us, and pouring out our soul to the Lord, you can have power not to, not to have and go by what you go by, your feelings. Sweet hour of prayer, verse 2, sweet hour of prayer. Thy wings shall petition bear. You can't bear these things. We're supposed to put these petitions on the Lord, not our own backs. We're not supposed to carry those things. Cast your care upon the Lord. He shall what? To him to whose truth and faithfulness engage the waiting soul to bless. And since he bids me seek his face, believe his word and trust his grace, cast on him my every care. Wait on thee. Sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer is, 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 not a, uh, is not just a hymn. It's not just some kind of dusty, uh, some kind of dusty remedy or song. Because after a while we hear sweet hour of prayer. And sometimes we hear sweet hour of prayer at a watch night service as we go down in prayer. That's probably the last time we read. But we don't really read the words of sweet hour of prayer. But I say right now. I say today, you know, July was the, the half-year mark of the year. that We call that Christmas in July in the retail world. But some of us who are struggling, some of us who are going through hard problems, some of us are going through situations that we, we can't remedy on our own. We've tried to talk to other people. We've tried to talk to a mother. We've tried to talk to a deacon. We've, we've worn the pastor out. Now what the Lord wants us to do is to bring it to him. Spend the hour in prayer. 
Today you want your children saved? Spend the hour in prayer. Make time. Hour of prayer. Hour of prayer. This isn't for old time, but see these gadgets and all this technology and all these things have have swept away our devotion, our value of prayer, our strength. Our strength is in Jesus Christ and it's in his word, but the Prayer is the vehicle, the landline. It is the, the almost like the cable of the internet. That's how you're going to get your prayer. You know, you want to talk about telephone with Jesus? He's on the line. You have to tell him what's going on, but you have to wait for the answer. And you have to let him renew you in your spirit. You want the Holy Ghost? You have to pray. You want things from the Lord? You have to pray. But take that time, that hour of prayer. We go to a dentist office, and, and we're there for a teeth cleaning. And they tell us, fill this out. Well, I'm just there for a teeth cleaning. Well, fill this out. What they're doing is wasting time. Fill this out. Update this. Update that. They get in there, and they, and they, and they, they do your dental exam. You're there for an hour. Wasn't it worth it having your teeth cleaned? Oh, I don't want to see wasn't it worth going to the doctor? And they, and they go in and they say, fill this out, fill this out, fill this out. Tell us about your, your family history. Tell this and that. They come and do the examination. You look at your watch. It's an hour. Wasn't that a value? How about so in our personal lives? Buying an appliance, looking for a car, spending hours, time, all kinds of time. But is it time for the Lord? There is no magic wand to victory in Jesus. But there is victory and there's power in prayer. Do you know that prayer will change everything in your life? Do you know that today, if you would embrace what I'm saying and you implement it in your home, whether you be single or family, say we're going to spend an hour in prayer. And I know everyone has a different, has a different uh, schedule. But you need to have a time where you value prayer. Can't we see what's going on? Can't we see with all the things that are happening? We need now to spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in prayer. And I'll ask you one more thing. If we'd be honest. If we'd be honest. If we'd be honest. Because we have to be honest, right? Because we're saints. How many of you come in here? Have come in here. Whether other people or by yourself. How many of you stand? How many of you have come in here and were here for an hour in prayer and the Lord did not move upon you? Did not the Lord touch your body? Did not the Lord minister unto you? Raise your hand. Have you ever been in here where you spent an hour in prayer any time since this church has been here? Hasn't the Lord done something? Hasn't the Lord met you on your need? seeking to give for the Holy Ghost, coming before him all by yourself. Hasn't the Lord come down and met your need? Hasn't the Lord done something wonderful for you? Hasn't the Lord admitted you, told you to come and pray? You felt like you didn't want to come and pray, but the Lord just brought you here to pray. You've heard testimonies of people that didn't want to come to church and they got blessed. We must pray. The enemy wants to take you out. He just says, don't pray. It's not going to get better. Nothing's going to change. He just wants to take you out. He wants to just make you walk away. Throw in the towel. We are not going to throw in the towel. We are not going to throw it. We are not going to throw in the towel. This is a praying church. This is a Holy Ghost church. This is a real church. You want to be free? You need to pray. You need to pray like you mean it. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. 
Forget the whispering. Pray in the spirit. Call on Jesus. 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 You want the Holy Ghost? Call on Jesus. Don't wait for me. Call on Jesus. We're talking about examples of victory in prayer. Examples of victory in prayer. What about Hannah? She was childless. The Lord closed up her womb. Year after year, year after year, year after year, no child. Elkanah's wife is mocking her. She couldn't take it anymore. He said, aren't I better than ten sons? Hmm. But see, no, the Lord had a plan. He had to raise somebody up because there's some crazy prophets. And the Lord's always going to have a true man of God. The Lord's always going to have true people. And the Lord's always going to do what he wants to do. And so he caused her womb to be closed up. And when she got to the point, she didn't care what she had to do. She made a vow. And she said, Lord, if you give me a son, I will dedicate him to you. And I will promise that a razor number comes to his head. And after that, Eli was looking at her. And she didn't voice. She wouldn't even use her voice. She was praying in her heart. And her mouth trembled. And she was in anguish. And her soul was in anguish. And she needed a breakthrough. And Eli, who was, who was backslidden, he said, he goes, put away the drink. He said, I'm not drinking. I'm a woman in anguish. I'm a woman that needs something. And he, she told him what, he, what she needed. And the, man, and the man of God said, the Lord be with you. Go. And, she, and the Lord answered her prayer. The Lord answered her prayer. And you can see what, what the Lord did with Samuel. Samuel was used mightily by God. Samuel was, was, a, was a great prophet. Samuel was no nonsense. Samuel took a sword and chopped the king in pieces. Because someone didn't do what they were supposed to do. And Samuel came up with a sword and they chopped him. Not, not a little bit. He hewed him in pieces because he meant to do God's bidding. And when Samuel was called, the Lord called to him while he was a child and spoke to him three nights, three to three different times in, in the night and saying, Samuel. And he got up and he thought it was Eli talking to him. He got up a second time. He thought it was Eli calling him. And then Eli, after a while, he got a memory back going, well, this is the Lord. He said, you go to, you tell, next time you hear your name being called, you say, thy servant heareth it. And the bottom line is that Samuel, at that point, was obedient. He was obedient to what God told him to do. He was a powerful person. And he was fearless. Even despite of Saul, he was not a joke. He was not a joke. Now we want preachers to tell us things that will make us feel good. We don't want to be corrected. We don't even like this message. But this is what's going to help you. If I could take you to my home and we could just have prayer, I would. If you would pray. But I can't make you pray. You have to pray on your own. You have to go before the Lord and open up and say, Lord, help me. Help me. Because Jesus said, if you ask, it shall be given you. But will you come and seek him for it? Will you stop and put the, the, the hand, your hand over the mouth of the enemy, telling you that there's no place here for you, that nothing's going to get better for you, that everything is not going to go well for you, that the Lord doesn't care about you, that the Lord doesn't love you, that the Lord just doesn't care? You are forgotten. That's the devil. That's not the Lord. 
in Hezekiah, victory of prayer, victory of prayer. It came to pass when King Hezekiah was, was, got a letter, and, and, he was, he, and, he was, and Sennacherib was going around the, the, the palace, and it was an embargo, and, and Sennacherib, he was blaspheming God, but basically said that he's going to kill all of the people in, in, uh, in Jerusalem, and also that he is going to uh, just ravage the city, and there is no hope for them. And, and all of a sudden you kept hearing the blaspheming and, and talking about all the destruction that, has a, that Sennacherib did to these other countries and that God can't help them. God is useless. He was blaspheming God. And, you know, God listened to that for a long time and to the point that Hezekiah said, he, when he heard this, Hezekiah rent his clothes. He's a king. He's a king. He could have done like most people have done. Just walk up with his hands up and here you go. But he was trying to make things better for the Lord. So this thing vexed him. It vexed him. So Hezekiah, took, he took the, the parchment, he took the, the letter, and he, he held it up before the Lord. It says, Hezekiah received the letter in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 14. It says, Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messenger and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims, thou art God. Even thou alone, all the kingdoms of the earth has made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thy ear and hear. Open, Lord, thy eyes and see and hear the words of Snetrib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. You keep on reading. You keep on reading what happened there. But in short, God answered him. He said, you don't worry about that man. Don't you, don't you worry. Don't you fret. Don't you ever even think about even lifting up the sword because you're not going to have to. I'm going to take a ring and I'm going to stick it in his nose. And the way that he came in, I'm going to pull him out. And you're not going to hear from him anymore. And the Lord sent down an angel, one angel, and killed 185 soldiers. And he woke up in the morning and he fled. He didn't flee. He ran. He, 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 his life was done. And he went into the temple of his God, and his two sons killed him. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen. Stop listening to the enemy trying to tell you that nothing's going to change. That's not true. What else would a Hezekiah, a victory in prayer? <coughs> Chapter 20, it says, In those days Hezekiah was sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And Hezekiah at that point turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember me now. I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. I have done that which is right and good in thy sight. And it came to pass afore that Isaiah was going out of the middle of the court. The word of the Lord came again to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, he was a servant of the Lord. The captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer, and I have seen thy tears. And behold, I will heal thee the third day, and thou shalt go into the house of the Lord. I will go into the house of the Lord. The Lord heard his prayer. Does the Lord hear our prayer? Are we going to persist and let the Lord hear our prayer? Do we believe that the Lord cares about us? Do we believe, are we going to persist and importune that the Lord will hear our prayer? How many know that the Lord hears prayer? How many believe that the Lord hears your prayer? 
How many Lord? How many know that the? How many know? How many know that the Lord is going to work this situation out? The enemy saying there's no hope for you. The enemy saying your children won't be saved. The enemy saying your finances are a dump. You're not going to go any further. The Lord, the enemy's telling you you're not going to get that job you need. It's hanging in the balance. It's not going to happen. Tell the Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Get yourself down in prayer. Get yourself down in prayer. Talk to the Lord. Pour out your soul before the Lord and ask the Lord to deliver you. Ask the Lord to save your children. Ask the Lord to move upon them. Ask the Lord to do something great. Ask the Lord to do something marvelous. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Don't we want the Lord to do something wonderful? Don't we want the Lord to do something marvelous? Don't we want the Lord to fill some people with the Holy Ghost? We see the Holy Ghost around them. Don't we want the Lord to fill them? Don't you want the Lord to complete what he's going to do? He's going to do it. This works. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now it's up to you to start doing what you're supposed to do. It's going to work. And don't be surprised when they call on the name of Jesus and they believe they're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's supposed to happen. It's going to happen when we pray. Do we believe the Lord's going to do it? Do we believe he's going to do it? Don't we know that our prayers have effects on other people? Don't we know that the Lord is doing things as we pray? He's preparing us. There's some apostolic Pentecostal preacher in England in 1914. Came over here in Chicago. He was at some healing service. And this guy's a big name. He was he a was very, very humble person. That's why the Lord used him. But he, he was walking up a road with another brother. And they were just walking up. You know how you just kind of walk and talk? And all of a sudden the Lord said, you're going to come upon a woman at a house over here. And she's wearing an apron. I mean, when you go over there, she wants to be saved. And all he did, he was just stupid enough to walk up to that house. And that woman was out there. She was wearing an apron. That looks like the lady I'm supposed to talk to. And then he said to her, I perceive that you want to be saved. And she cried out. And she screamed. And she said, I've been praying. I've been convicted for three weeks. I need to be saved. How do you, we don't know who's out there who are praying and asking the Lord, Lord, send someone. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of this battle. I can't do it on my own, Lord. It's important for us to go out and talk to people. We don't know how the Lord has set it up. Don't try to figure God out. Just go. And if he tells you to speak to that one, speak to that one. We have no business ignoring people. Acts chapter 12. You can turn with me that. One of my favorite chapters. Actually, the whole book of Acts is my favorite book because of signs and wonders and miracles. And God caused people that were religious and people that didn't believe in God to believe in Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 12, it says about the time that Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And he said, and because he saw it pleased the Jews... He proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, Passover. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quarterlyons of soldiers. That's 16 soldiers for one person. And to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people, Peter therefore was kept in prison by but prayer. But prayer. But prayer 
was made without ceasing for him. We have to keep on praying. We have no business giving up. We need to persevere, and we don't need to faint. We don't have to faint. If we're not going to pray that the God that filled us with the Holy Ghost, if we are going to make excuses why we don't pray, why we don't spend time with him in prayer, we are not going to get better just because we think we are. We have to go before the Lord. We have to spend time in prayer. The importance in prayer is when miracles start happening. The things that happened in Azusa Street, they were proceeded by prayer. Prayer was made every day. And we and the Lord is setting this whole thing up. So I'm talking to some of you that don't think that the Lord hears your prayer anymore to, at this point, start tonight. Start today. Spend that time in hour in prayer. Go back to it. Look at your schedule. Look at what is taking up your time. You know, unfortunately... You know, sometimes leisure is a killer. My wife and I, one night, I think we, because something was on there, we have like an iTunes thing, and you can, can select something you want to watch. But you can be on there for almost 45 minutes trying to find something to watch, and then in concluding, there's nothing to watch. We got, we got rid of cable about seven, nine, ten years ago. I don't know how many years ago. Best thing that ever happened to our lives. Best thing that ever happened. You know why? It took, it took, the, it took the, the, uh, the, the waste of time out of my, I, I, I can't even tell you how many hours of TV I, were, I watch. I don't think it's even an hour of you put it all together all week. I'm more of like a news person through the internet. But the bottom line is, I want to be what the Lord wants me to be. And I can't have commercials and all kind of garbage and things like that in front of my children. My wife and I were in the kitchen, and there was some home and garden show. No, it was a food channel, and it was supposed to be just a food channel. And even those commercials on there, mm, anyway, so all of a sudden I come back in the living room, and I say, well, what's this on, the, on this uh, TV? And it was the ABC Family commercial. It was a commercial. They, they got into a network, and, and it, was a, it was a show about vampires, and there's blood coming down and all. I said, that's it. We're done. Get rid of the cable, because I can't be in every room of the house. What I put on my TV, I do it. What my children see, it's because of my wife and I. And if we let them see garbage and stuff, it's our fault. But I said, we have to work collectively that they're not going to ingest garbage. And we're ingesting garbage from the devil who's telling us that things aren't going to change in our life. How many want to see God move? How many want to see the Lord deliver people their souls? How many people want to, how many people want to see their daughter, their sons and daughters saved? How many want to see other people saved? We're going to, we're going to change this up. You have to dedicate this as between you and the Lord. But you have to change this. You have to set up the time. You have to go to your Outlook. You have to go to whatever your, your Yahoo, your Microsoft, whatever it is, it's time to free it up. It's time not to make excuses. We want to see the Lord move. We want to see people unchained, unshackled. It's going to be through prayer. It's going to be through prayer. The Lord told you to walk by faith. That's because he wants you to keep on praying. He told David, seek ye my face. My face, Lord, will I seek. You want to be used by the Lord? You keep on praying. Brother Jimmy James, you know why I like you so much? Because I can relate to you. Because you didn't receive the Holy Ghost right away. And I didn't do it either. And I used to see all kinds of people receive the Holy Ghost. They just come walk in and they just had enough faith to believe God. And all of a sudden they, they just didn't have the faith they needed. And you never saw them again. 
I said, Lord, I don't want to be like that. I need, I'm glad I have a prayer life. I didn't say I'm perfect, but I just know that I'm in trouble and I need help. I'm going to come right here. I'm just going to keep talking to the Lord. I'm going to say, Lord, I need your help. I need you, Jesus Christ. I need you to work a miracle. I need you to help my family. I need you to save souls, Lord. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord God. You have the Holy Ghost. You need to pray in tongues. You need to pray as the Spirit. You need to pray the infirmities. You don't know what you're praying for? Let the Lord speak through you. The Holy Ghost is a tool. It is a living spirit. Jesus Christ on the inside. We don't know. We can't articulate what the Lord wants us to say. All we can feel is the external burdens, all the troubles we have. But you've got to pray in the Spirit. Hannah didn't know what to even say. She was embarrassed, but she was asking for something she needed. The Holy Ghost is a dynamo. The Holy Ghost is like a turbo. The Holy Ghost is something that will change your life. You need to change your prayer life. I've told you before, don't go to the Lord in prayer with your list. Don't go to the Lord in prayer with your troubles. He knows all about it. You woke up with them. Go before the Lord thanking him. Hallelujah. 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 Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Thank him. Thank him for what? Thank him for a mind to pray. Thank him for being so good. Thank him for bringing you in the church. Thank you for keeping you. Thank you for not talking to trees. Thank you for not walking out of the church. Thank you for giving you a heart and mind to confess sins. Thank the Lord for allowing fellowship. Thank the Lord for letting you be baptized. Not everyone's baptized, saints. Not everyone has the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's a whole bunch of stuff you could do to thank the Lord. And all of a sudden, you start thanking the Lord and praising the Lord. He'll start coming in. And all of a sudden, he'll give you some prayer. And we talked about what, about, about what joy is. Jesus first, then others, then yourself. We got why, why, why in front of us. Not just why, why, the letter why, but lie, why, why, the word why. Why this, Lord? Why is this not working? Why is that not happening? Why is, why me? Why me? Pity party. It's like a disposal just going down. Change it up. Change it up now. I'm going to change, Lord. I'm going to give you what you want. See, if we give the Lord what he wants, he doesn't want your money. Doesn't want your car, doesn't want your husband, doesn't want your wife, doesn't want your ring, doesn't want to steal the money you stashed under that pillow that no one knows about, doesn't want that stuff you put in secret, doesn't want this and that. All he wants is you. He says, come over here, my son and daughter. Come over here. Come and sit before me and talk to me, but praise me. Praise me because I'm God. Praise me because I'm the king of kings. Praise me because I filled you with the Holy Ghost and I deserve praise. Because the angels in heaven right now are just going up there just praising God. But why can't we? Because we have allowed the enemy to stuff like things in Q-tips in our ears saying you can't praise God. You can't do it. You can praise God. Am I right, Sister Hudson? You can praise God. You don't have to be. You don't have to be bound. You don't have to be. You don't have to be fainting. You don't have to be wondering what's going to happen. You don't have to be wondering whether or not the God is going to do what he's going to do. Give him what he wants. He wants you.
individually. Say, Lord, everything in my home is broken. Lord, everything I'm putting my hand to is messed up. Don't you know he knows? Don't you know he sees? Don't you know he can do it and he can fix it? Pour out your soul. Go into your secret closet. Talk to him about what's going on. He can do it. He can do it. He's prepared to move on your behalf. Whatever you need from the Lord, he can do it. Your body be healed, you've got to give him what he wants. We don't do it. We don't do God like we do our friends. With our friends, we'll spend an hour with them. Talking, online, texting. With Jesus, he's got it. He's got it. I'm not worried about it. I'll just cast all my care upon him. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to do that. And all of a sudden, we're just like, we're just like a doodlebug. Well, what do you think this means? What do you think that means? What do you think this means? And we're drunk, and we're stumbling, and we're fainting. We're not coming to church. We're not coming to church consistently. We don't like this one. We don't like that one. We don't like this one. I have an ought. But you, you can get rid of the oughts. You can get rid of the obstacles that the enemy has placed in your way by saying people are your enemy. That sister doesn't like me. That brother doesn't like Those are obstacles the enemy has placed in your way so that you can't get right with God. But the only thing that's getting in your way with God is you. Give the Lord what he wants. He wants you. In World War II, they had Uncle Sam and he had a, he had a picture. He said, we want you. And the Lord wants you. He doesn't want us to come into the sanctuary and, and come into the church and not have any prayer life, no relationship with him. Does that sound fair? Do you want deliverance? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be healed? Do you want the Lord to move in a mighty way? Will you believe the Lord when he says about importunity? Let me read something to you in another version of scripture, and then I'm all done. What you need to understand about this importuning, it's powerful because we think importuning is a one-time situation where we get off the hook by one time. Amplified version of scripture. Verses 9, 10, 11, and 12, 13. So I say unto you, ask, and keep on asking. And it will be given you. Seek and keep on seeking, and, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking. The door will be open. Jesus said this. This isn't the bald head man. This is Jesus saying that. He said, if you keep knocking, it's gonna open. You keep knocking, your problems are going to be fixed. You keep knocking and seeking the Lord, it's going to work out. You want the Holy Ghost, you keep on knocking. Keep on knocking, keep on knocking. Keep on calling to your heart. Believe the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. That your body be healed. This, this takes participation in our part. We have to do something. And he's not going to knock for us. We have to knock for ourselves. How's that sound? Don't we want deliverance? Don't we want things to change in our lives? 
Don't we, aren't we praying for other people that we want things to happen for them? We're praying and praying, wondering whether or not God hears prayer. Do you know there are people that have left this church that are coming back? There are people that have left and they made a bad decision for whatever reason. The reason that they left, saints, they can say why. But what they happened was that they stopped praying. You can allow the enemy to almost give you like a backpack, like you see these kids in school, and the little kids about this big, and now they got them all almost hunched over. I don't know what they're going to do when they're 50. They're going to have to need, someone needs to be a, a chiropractor. That's what we need in a church, a chiropractor. But the enemy is trying to, I'm going to give you a little of this, I'm going to give you a little of this, I'm going to give you some more of this. I'm going to give you some guilt. I'm going to give you some condemnation. I'm going to give you some more, and I'm going to just keep pressing you, and then you can't come to church because this person doesn't like you, and then you can't come to church because God's not going to do it, and I'm so mad about 10 years ago and all the regrets the enemy tries to bring. But you need to take those things and come to the altar. You need to come and take those things and bring them to the Lord on your own and let the Lord ignite you. Let the Lord in, in, in just consume you with his power. Let the past go. You are now in 2019, August 18th, and the Lord is one day closer to coming. And you probably say, well, I hear this all the time. Well, someone, someone, somewhere is going to come to church one day, and we're not going to be here anymore. Why is the church locked? How come no one's coming? Where is that? Where is that? I see this person. I see that person. Oh, hold on. That person doesn't have the Holy Ghost. Don't let that cloud you. The enemy is throwing everything he can at a saint that won't pray. He is so crafty. He is so sick in his mind that he'll just keep throwing stuff at you. Okay, here, that person just messed with you on the job. That person won't talk to you. Oh, this situation over here is not going to get right. Oh, God, and this, this is not good. And I got this problem in my body. And he just keeps throwing stuff at you, throwing stuff at you. And we're not doing anything about it. We're not dealing now and pray. We're getting up and going, and we're, and we're allowing ourselves to be amused by what's on TV or allow this book or magazine or this person or this thing to distract us. But the real, the real solution is prayer. You go to anyone outside of this church, anywhere. If they're honest with you, ask them what happened. I stopped praying. I didn't say they stopped bending their knee and saying, Our Father who art in heaven. But they stopped letting the Lord peel their heart. He wants your heart. He wants your heart because he loves you. He wants your heart because he can fix it. When he filled you with the Holy Ghost, he had your heart. He took back all the callous and all the fat and all the grumpiness and the stones of your heart. He pulled it back and, and, he, and he gave you a new heart. And you got along with everyone. You smiled at everyone. People that wronged you years ago, it's okay, you're forgiven. He wants your heart again. We've come into the church and we've allowed hardness and stiffness around our heart. But the Lord wants your heart. 
Because if he gets your heart, then he can do whatever he wants to do. That's why the proverb says that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and the Lord does whatever he wants. That's why the hook went in Sennacherib's nose, because the Lord's got it. The Lord's got it. Now, let's do something. Let's get delivered. How many want the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. Stand up and raise your hand like you want the Holy Ghost. How many people want healing? Raise your hand and stand up. Do you want healing? How many people want to do something different today? Start today in your mind and your heart. I'm not telling you to change everything and all of a sudden we're going to just do an hour of prayer. Start it today. You know how people, you know how people uh, um, go on diets and all of a sudden they can really kind of get a diet? It starts in here. It starts in here. It starts in the heart. I'm going to make a change, and it goes kind of gradual. But with, with prayer, you can just start up because you know what prayer is all about. You just got off track. John the Baptist told them to make their path straight. Our path was straight, but we somehow got crooked. We, not, we need to get uncrooked, and the Lord wants to touch our heart. We're going to come down and pray for you. The prayer is only going to help you if you release yourself to Jesus. Speak to the Lord of what you want from him. If you want your prayer life to be restored, ask him. If you want the Holy Ghost, ask him and call on the name of Jesus Christ. If you want healing in your body, you have to believe that the Lord is going to do it. Brothers, come on down. We're not doing a long prayer line, but you need what the Lord has for you. Don't miss the opportunity for the Lord to help you. Don't be stubborn. Let the Lord fix it. You know it's broken. He knows it's broken. And we can do better. And some of us that are doing our prayer right now, keep on going. Because I'm having a wonderful time in prayer. Do you know that the Lord is helping me every morning? Do you know that the Lord has given me a song? Yeah, I'm, my prayer life has, has so changed in the last five years that I, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Don't limit the Lord. It's not a dreary prayer life. When the Holy Ghost is involved, he'll take you to another level. Who wants to go to another level? Who wants to know that this is a real apostolic church and you can have real change, real healing, real saving? Don't you know that this is a real church? Come, come believing. Let us pray for you. No harm done calling on Jesus. Ain't no harm done calling on the Lord. Ain't no harm done calling on Jesus. Calling on.